Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. Every week, it is a pleasure to have you with us. And thank you for always staying with us and supporting. And for those who want to connect, you know the drill. Find us on all your favorite social media platforms at An Immigrant's Life. And for those old school enthusiasts, don't hesitate to drop us an email at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Join us this week on the podcast as we welcome our guest as she confronts the challenges of misinformation, standing firm in the pursuit of accuracy. As a dedicated advocate for the voiceless, she fights against the tide of fake news to ensure untold stories are heard. In a world increasingly influenced by AI, she reminds us to preserve the humanity and the essence of journalism. Tune in as we navigate through the noise and empower those who rely on journalism for their voices to be amplified. Those are beautiful words, but I know why you're here. Let's get to the point. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa dalawa tatlo. Today's guest is a news reporter, the Filipina, Barbara Walters. Everyone, please welcome Michelle De Pasina. Hi, that's a funny intro. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. I mean, I appreciate it. Oh, thank I appreciate you. you for t- of course, thank you for coming on and agreeing to this uh, podcast. I mean, when I ask you, sometimes I don't, I don't really think, which is good sometimes. And when I <laughs> invite him, like, yo, you know, I'm going to, this girl's cool. And then you started posting about like your interviews and whatnot. I'm like, yo, she introduced like world-class people. I'm like, yo, that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, you reached out to me during, you know, October, which was our Filipino American History Month, right? Mm. So that was a very busy time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, this is also my first time being on the other side. I'm always the one interviewing. Now I'm being interviewed. So this is like my first well, it, <laughs> well, it's an honor to be the first one. Before we move on, why don't you tell the Immigrant Nation where they can reach you or, or if you want to promote anything? Yeah, sure. So I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You can just search up my name, Michelle DePasina. If you have any new stories, you can pitch to me. You can reach me through uh, my email address, for next shark which is michelle.d.piscina at nextshark.com but i also freelance of anything so you can just you know dm me on instagram or reach out to me through linkedin mm, beautiful you said that you can pitch a story you don't pay the person if you write the story that they pitch right no definitely not okay not just part like- of the journalism ethics <laughs> we don't pay people <laughs> that would be promotion Okay. All right. So, so that's illegal. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, not... you can't really... I guess that would be more for like you know marketing type now, right? I guess so. I don't. I don't, dude. I you're a professional. I'm like I'm just a weird dude that talks <laughs> to people on the internet. That's why last year when I got that award for from a Canadian Canadian Ethic Media Association, they're calling me journalist. I'm like, 
Yo, I'm just a weirdo that talks to people, man. I, I don't know what you guys are doing. I guess you ran out of people to give that award to, so that's why you chose me. No, nah, I mean, what you're doing is amazing, you know? Uh, thank you. By the way, I, I wasn't fishing for any compliments when I said that. I mean that. <laughs> By the way, I, I was going to ask you, which is one of my favorite questions to ask to Filipinos. Where are you from back home? So I'm from Quezon City in Manila. Well, my parents are, yeah, that, that background behind you, <laughs> which is a resolve. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, yeah, my parents, my dad is Ilocano, and then mm-hmm. my mom is from Aklan, Visayas. Mm-hmm. But they basically grew up in Manila, too. So I was mm-hmm. born in Manila, and I also grew up in Quezon City. Mm-hmm. But, you know, growing up, I also moved to different places. What do you mean? Because so my dad is a diplomat. So mm-hmm. when he gets assigned to um, different countries, um, we also have to go with him. Mm-hmm. So he was assigned to Singapore when I was like, I think, two years old at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was Singapore was like where my first um, early stages of like my memory mm-hmm. was. Um so yeah, I was there. We were there for six years, and then we went back to the Philippines. I was there from second grade to the fifth grade mm-hmm. before he was assigned to New York, and then that's when we moved to. We lived in Jersey City for also six years before we had to move back. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think you're the third guest that is a daughter of a diplomat. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, which I love. What I love asking is. What kind of childhood was that for you? Being moved, making friends, and then thinking, oh, I'm going to live here. But actually not. You're going to move again in a few years. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you? Oh, man. I was... Honestly, it's fun, right? Hmm. I mean, you think that it's fun. You get to experience all these different cultures. You get to live in all these different places. But at the same time, it was pretty hard for me too. You know, like I'm the type of person who would... When I make friends, it's, you know, very, I get very attached and it gets very <laughs> emotional. And I feel like I haven't had like this, the regular experience of people having, you know, a childhood friend to adulthood, you know, I, I don't think I have that. Hmm. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. But I guess what I love about it is just being able to experience all these different cultures and meet all these different people from different backgrounds. But, hmm. you know, you get to realize that we're all even though we're all part of like different worlds, different parts of the, of even different parts of the same country, everybody has, you know, we all have our own commonalities. Yeah. Like I always said, what we always want is food, hang out, and probably sing a karaoke song. That's it. That's all we want. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just chill with our friends, our family. That's all we want. And when mm-hmm. I started the podcast, that really, I mean, I obviously I knew that, but it really uh, cemented it to me that, oh, this guy's from Ghana or this guy's from, yeah. I don't know, uh, whatever, Jamaica. And they're like, oh, they just love their food, love their people, love their music, and they just want to chill, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I loved about it, you know, really being able to experience all these different food culture and i think just being able to move around a lot it definitely shaped who i am today which is really being open-minded and really care about um 
all the different stories that are out there, you know, mm-hmm. all the people that are out there. Just I just want to show people that you know we're all we're all connected. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. What are differences? Mm-hmm. Did was there any moment that you felt that you weren't welcome in any time in your life in any country that you lived in? Mm. Um, I guess I would say America felt that way for me in the beginning because, mm. you know, it's American culture is a very different culture from like Asian culture, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where I felt it wasn't that I felt like they were, it wasn't exactly racism in a way. It just it felt very different that I was more, and I'm doing journalism now, right? But I was a very quiet kid. I wasn't, I wasn't really good at public speaking or any of that. And mm-hmm. I guess just being the, the kid that's always like moving around or being the new student, I wasn't exactly um, talking to everybody. You know, I wasn't like that. But yeah, um, I guess in a way, I, I, it wasn't exactly that I didn't feel welcome. I think American culture, Americans are very they could be very welcoming as well and very curious type of people. Mm-hmm. So no, not really. Mm, beautiful. When you were new in America, you said you were quiet, right? Was that mm-hmm. based on the language, which I don't think, I, th- I think you're fluent in English. Was it more of the culture? Not, I, don't, you, I don't understand this culture and maybe they don't understand my culture. Mm-hmm. Well, it was both because before I did move to, the, to, to Jersey, I was also already fluent in Tagalog, you know, because hmm. I was back in the Philippines. Hmm. And I guess it's also just my personality. I'm a very shy person as well. Hmm. So me doing this is <laughs> is very out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Just what I'm doing right now. I guess I'm just um, getting used to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Coming from a person that interviews like stars, <laughs> stars of stars. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Because... I am an introvert too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you get me outside, I won't really talk to you. I'll be just standing in the corner doing nothing, you know? If you talk to me one-on-one, yes, I'll, I'll talk to you if I like you. That's the rule, <laughs> if I like you. Mm-hmm. But what helps you interview people or talk to those stars when you get into that mode, journalism mode? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I get very nervous (laughs) well I don't get very very nervous I mean like I just I just I guess I just prepare very well for the interview or Mm. sometimes I just you know I come up with the questions or if not I just I try to just remind myself these are just people as well these are not they're not just you know they're not just stars that you know unreachable people they're just Mm -hmm. like us so that's just what I remind myself all the time I love and that. When I do do that, and you go into an interview knowing that they're just human beings as well, you really get to connect with them on a different level, which is what I appreciate better than you know just going into an interview and thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to get the facts. I'm just going to ask about you know, like the movie or whatever project yeah, they have, about whatever I have to ask about them." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if you like read any of my articles, but I think what I try to focus more on is the emotional aspect of it. You know, why they're doing what they're doing, which is mm. also, 
I guess, what um, puts us um, in the field that we're doing, right? It's all about our passion and why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course I read your articles. I can't just not not do research. <laughs> Actually, before we came on, I was mm-hmm. reading about the article about uh, Dateline doing, doing a um, documentary about uh, prostitution in the Philippines. Dateline? Oh, okay. So that was an article for school for yeah. NYU. Yeah. I was reading that. I was like, pretty good. I like, I like, those, I like those kind of articles because it, me- it meshes up the Mm-hmm. The Asian point of view and the American point of view. Yeah, that was on the click, right? I don't know. I don't I even rem- I don't even remember the the last book that I read. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that was an article for school that I that I had to write about. Um, I mostly do. I know right now you see on my Instagram, I mostly do like entertainment stuff, but. Hmm. I also really tackle a variety. I do crime, hard news to mm. entertainment. I'm since I'm just starting out. This is I'm like a year or two years into this, almost mm. two years. I'm just really trying to um, grab any opportunity that I can get yeah, and trying to figure out, you know, what beat I want to focus on while mm. in grad school, <laughs> doing grad school. As they say, finding your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Did you always want to be a journalist? So I knew I've always wanted to become a writer ever since I was in middle school. Mm. But it wasn't until I moved back to the Philippines for college that this Mm. was 2016. um, I went to Miriam College and I took up, um, I majored in communications and minored in digital media production at the time i thought you know okay i want to do film i do i want to do documentaries Mm. but um i guess just being there it was also the time when duterte was in power right and i think my eyes were just open to all the injustices that were happening in our country i mean you know i'm filipino myself i've lived there right Mm -hmm. um but I guess when you're young, you don't really care as much about all of these events happening around you as when you're fully aware now as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess being there, I wasn't exactly in a good state of mind. I wasn't exactly happy about being back because I thought, you know, like 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 we were talking about earlier, um, it's hard to leave the, your friends or your family behind when you know, you've made a deep connection with them. So Mm -hmm. for me at the time was I considered Jersey my home. And, you know, I made a lot of great friends that I didn't want to leave behind. And I thought my future was going to be here. And I guess being back in the Philippines when I had to go back, um, I wasn't exactly happy about it. Mm. Um, But it was also a very pivotal moment in my life to be back. I think it was, it was definitely so much neat. It was very much needed for me to be back there because it was there that I realized my passion for journalism. Um, I really got to immerse myself in our Filipino culture and learn about, you know, about our heroes, about Rizal, about their history. And, and just, and it just goes beyond, you know, like the, the Filipino culture that we think about when we're in America, right? Like we think it's, we only think about the, the food, 
or the language or the music or something like or you know stuff like that but mm-hmm. i think just being in the country and being able to live as a regular filipino and experience all this um the events like even just the the simple way of life of commuting right like you get to <laughs> experience all of this and just see it from a different um point of view a different lens right mm. um so yeah being back there it was around it there that there was power um he was in power that time and i remember interning for abscbn and then a mm. year after it was shut down mm-hmm. um there's i mean uh, people would argue it's not political but that's you know it is Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I also had classes where, you know, we got to immerse ourselves in uh, communities in the Philippines. And I mm-hmm. thought, I just felt like, you know, wow, this is something that I really want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I really love the fact that, oh, I'm getting to meet these people and I'm getting, I'm being, I'm able to experience what they experience and also connect with them and then then and then at the end of the day come together whether it's an individual project or in a group project and then present it to people mm-hmm. so i thought oh you know like my whole life of like moving around and being able to experience all these meet different people experience all these different cultures i felt like oh it was in the philippines when i experienced okay this It's all, it's like, um, how do you say, all your, everything coming. Culmination? Yeah, I guess. It's, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You said you moved to the state. How old were you when you moved to the States when you were younger? This was in 2010. I think I was like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. And then you stayed for how long? This, um, for six years. Oh man, that's like your like, like this is the time I'm gonna learn. This is your like time <laughs> to learn things. Yeah. yeah. And then dad had to move you back to the Philippines. Was that because dad's a job or so, is yeah, it dad's job? So it's uh, only three to six years, and then you stay in your home country for about three to four years before you get assigned again. Hmm. Was there a time that you? approach dad and mom saying hey i want to stay here mm, i guess that happened for um for me being in the philippines but it was also given because i was already in college at the time hmm. yeah okay by the way for the listeners we're talking about royalty over here Like rich people stuff, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm joking. No, definitely not. <laughs> hey, you d- you've never taken jeepney before. Yes, I definitely have. A liar. Please, Miriam College? <laughs> I'm joking. No, I, would, I would commute to school. So I would take two jeepneys and then a tricycle. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe you. Miriam College, you know, dad's a <laughs> diplomat, you know. <laughs> but it's definitely not like that I like I, said, i got to experience the regular filipino lifestyle i love it i love it <laughs> okay so you moved you live in the states for that six years of your time then went back to the philippines live your college days there when you mm-hmm. went back to the states was it different 
your point of view towards it, or it's pretty much you weren't at all uh, uh, surprised of whatever you were going to face? That's a good question. Um, so I came back here 2020, the year I graduated. This was during the pandemic. Um, hmm. And I went back to Jersey, but I'm living in Bayonne at the moment, which is a town next to Jersey. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said at the time, you know, I thought that Jersey was my home and I was so excited to be back. But, you know, <laughs> a few after a few years, you know, everything changes, right? What mm. makes what makes a place home is also the people mm. that you have in it. But, you know, people change, people grow up. We mm-hmm. all start having our different lives. So I guess being back now, it's been a, a bit more, um, it's been lonelier than it felt back then. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people can relate to that as well. Yeah. It's not the same as it was, but, you know, you just continue to live and, experience life in a different way too because i'm all already an adult as well so i'm not exactly just you know going to school and enjoying life mm-hmm. i'm also having to work at the same time mm-hmm. yeah you just have to find your new people right exactly it's just that's what it is like like i said when i went to visit back home mm-hmm. the my friends that have been friends since we're like 13 or mm-hmm. some of them younger than that uh i came home and it was like this I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You know they they moved on, I yeah. moved on. We have different lives, and mm-hmm. that's that. The only thing we have are memories that are like very brief, like high school to a little bit of college. Exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so when you went when you visit back home, you feel the same. Um, in the Philippines. Yeah. Like well, I visited last year Mm. um yeah it was still the same i think college friends stay your friends forever i don't know if it's true for everybody but for me i feel like it is i've really met the people that i feel like i really connect with Mm. we're on the same wavelength yeah you know i mean Mm. it's been almost three years or four years almost that i'm not home but when we do talk it's still the same and we, I guess, you as an adult, you just understand. You know, everybody's busy, but you have to be intentional. But let's say if you want to hang out or if you want to talk or just you know meet up, be intentional about what you want. Not mm-hmm. just say, "Oh, let's hang out," but you don't do it, right? Hmm. Hundred percent. So you're doing jo- uh, journalism in the states. What's the plan? Are you planning to stay? Or you're planning to go back home and practice your journalism there? Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm going to be graduating by 2025, hopefully, at mm-hmm. this master's program that I'm taking. It's also American journalism. Um, so my goal is, I really do want to stay. I'm, however, not a American citizen. I'm on, I, I, ha- I hold a Filipino passport, and mm-hmm. my dad's posting here also ends um, in 2025. Mm. So right now, I've been trying to um, apply to companies and see if any can, you know, any of them can sponsor me a work visa because mm. it would be great to be here. And also, I, I feel like I've 
since I'm already doing American journalism and I'm learning American journalism specifically, I feel like why not just try to stay here as well? Mm -hmm. Since I'm already getting my foot um, here, but it's it's hard in the journalism field. It's not like, you know, let's say nursing or tech, right? Where it's easier for immigrants to get a work visa and stay here. <laughs> for our field, for journalism, it's very competitive. So I'm definitely having a hard time, but mm. you know, I'm, I'll have to see where God takes me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'm okay, but, you know, I'm also okay with leaving. I'm also good with... Either way, I'm good with staying. I'm good with leaving. I just mm. know that even if I go, I'm still going to be pursuing journalism. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, especially that I hear so much now that journalism is dead. <laughs> yeah. How do you I feel mean, about that? I understand that. I mean, we're in the social media age, right? Mm -hmm. um, I guess what bothers me about it, it's like a lot of people like to blame the media, right? Because, oh, saying that, oh, we don't, the media doesn't do this, the media doesn't do that. They don't report this, they don't report that. But the thing is, most of these people are the type of people who don't even read or search <laughs> or watch the news, the multiple news reports that are already out there. You know, mm. like we have... Like, come on, we have journalists who are out there risking their lives, right? Mm -hmm. And But then we have people on social media just reading headlines or tweets and TikToks, right? And they think that's all the news that is out there. But the truth is, there's so many journalists out there. There's so many news medias out there covering all these um, reports that you want to read about, that you want to see, but you're just not reading, you know? You're just not seeing it. You're not searching about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just want to say, you know, like these people are also, these journalists are also people. They're also human beings. They have families and they're out there risking their lives. And you also have to understand, like, let's say with the war right now, right? These people have rich restrictions too. And with comps down, it's hard to also get information. So, yeah, I mean, people can say that journalism is dead, but it's really not, you know? Mm -hmm. It's still out there. Like, good journalism is still out there if you just, if you just search it, you know? You, you, have, you have a phone, you have your, your laptop. It's simple. Just search and read. Yeah. I know nobody really wants to read right now. Mm. I get it, you know? It's... It's just a new generation. It's just the way things are now. Yeah. But I really hope people would still try. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody wants to, everybody wants like a five second clickbait articles, you know, mm -hmm. that say like, I exactly. don't know, bombing in Montreal or some, some stupid shit like that, you know? But no one wants to dig deep. Like, like people that you were alluding to. Those are people that, like you said, read read the the head the headline and make a conclusion out of it, not knowing yeah. that no, you have to dig deep. Like I'm gonna, like you as a journalist, you read you write the article. I'm pretty sure one of the one of your uh, goal is for them to read more and learn more. Mm -hmm. But for them, yeah. like, well, you did the job. Why do I need to do the other part? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
So with that looming in the future, how do you stay positive about the future of journalism? You just got to keep doing it and inspire others, I guess. Especially, I mean, I'm focusing more on Filipino-related news, right? Well, not exactly for Next Shark, but um, I guess it's my personal goal, my personal passion mm-hmm. is to spotlight our Filipino stories, Filipino-related news. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Philippines specifically, journalism is very hard to do because obviously we have a lot of restrictions. Um, it's it's a very difficult place to do journalism, especially if you're doing investigative or you know long form type of news and more so critical of um, our government there. It's a place where we have a lot of journalism deaths, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's hard. It's definitely hard. And it's not for people who, let me rephrase that. I mean, I guess people who go, who really go into journalism is because they have a passion for making sure the truth is out there. So I guess that's what I hold on to. I mean, it's definitely definitely not all entertainment news right it's definitely not all oh i get to meet these celebrities i get to watch or attend all of these shows um i'm in it because i want to make sure that people know what the truth is and it's getting hard these days because you know misinformation is everywhere Hmm. fake news is everywhere it's easy for certain individuals in power to put out fake news but I what I hold on to is just knowing that there are people out there who need who need to know the truth and just people out there who rely on journalism on to make sure that their stories are heard Mm. yeah you're brave you're super brave to do that for reference for the listeners Philippines is like the th- a few years ago. I remember, mm-hmm. you obviously obviously it changed, but it, Philippines was like the third most dangerous place for journalists in the yeah. world because mm-hmm. we we have like the third most deaths for journalists. Like you said, especially if you're critical with people that in, that are in power. That's mm-hmm. why the company Rappler, that those people are heroes. The mm-hmm. article that they that that put out to you know nullify fake news, and obviously the their leader I forgot her name, uh, but her Arresta? yeah, hero, she just mm-hmm. she won the Nobel Prize there, mm-hmm. and obviously she got arrested for whatever reason it was, mm-hmm. some makeup reason, but yeah, I mean those people are the heroes of the Philippines, not not like not that people that goes in the streets and say. I don't know, free Palestine, but do they really do anything with it? No. Some of them, they don't, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, obviously, you want people reading your articles. And it has to be entertaining in some sort. But also, of course, it's going, it has to be journalistic. How do you find the balance between the two? So with most of the articles that I do for Next Shark right now, with 
let, let's say, let's focus more on the Filipino related ones that I do. Hmm. Um, so with that, I try to make sure that it's something that's related to people, related to who I want, who I want, um, that it's related to the readers. Like, for example, I want more Filipinos to know about this new Filipino director who's um, tackling or spotlighting the U.S. Navy, the Filipinos in the U.S. Navy. That was one of these articles that I did. Um, so I guess it's when you look and sit down to write, it's not just about, let's say, it's not just about promotional, right? It's, it's not just highlighting the success of, let's say, this celebrity and this is what he's doing. This is what the movie is about. It's also more about... Um, trying to ask the right questions that will make sure you that they are also speaking to the people you're i'm basically just a medium you know like mm -hmm. i'm basically just there to make sure what he wants to say to the people he she they wants to say to the people will reach them mm. and it will yeah. connect with them makes sense you're a reporter right, right. you report Right, exactly. <laughs> what's speaking of that? What's your opinion about reporters trying to put their personality rather than just reporting the news? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that's okay. Hmm. It, I mean, it, wait, let, that depends on what type of news it is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in every writing. I there's always you're always going to see a differences in a difference in how in how people write their news and how people report the news that they're giving right mm -hmm. but and that's because we all just like how we talk a certain way we also write our own our own certain way mm. so, um in terms of like hard news or news that you can't exactly put your opinion in it um there's it there's a limit to it you can't it like yes you can still be you but you'd have to be professional about it right <laughs> mm. yep definitely definitely yeah so you in terms see, of like, mm, sorry god yeah you go ahead go ahead no no go <laughs> what was i gonna say so i guess in terms of being professional um being objective um sometimes being too objective strays you away from the actual reporting you know mm. yeah about this what's your opinion about chat gpt um it's definitely sad to see that we're seeing a lot of companies news medias um with all the layoffs right and obviously it's because of the advancement in our technology. Hmm. And I'd say it's okay. But I mean, I understand that, you know, it, it, it happens. It has to happen. Like we all have to progress and whether that's through technology. And, but at the same time, I, I don't think we ha we should use ChatGPT when it comes to reporting news. Mm -hmm. 
mean, I guess you can use it when you want to summarize something or, or I, I've, I've seen like, um, outlets using, using AI as, um, using AI to, to report news. Um, I mean, for, for broadcast journalism, right? They do mm. that, but it takes away the humanity of it, you know, the humanity mm. of of what news is, of what journalism is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Do you have any story that you have worked on so far that's your probably your favorite in a sense that something happened to it, a positive thing that happened to it, or you just enjoy the process? Mm. Mm hmm. Um, one of the most recent ones I did was with football player Cameron Bynum. He was my first, um, athlete that I interviewed. I don't, you know, I don't really follow sports like that. I don't, especially football, right? I mean, hmm. it's not a very, a sport that most Filipinos follow. So I mm -hmm. guess for me, that was, it was very interesting because I guess just being able to sit with him and talk about his life and the his passion i guess it just really reminded me of why i also wanted to do this because i want to share people's stories people's passion and and not just not just his story i also did one with here lies love um actor i think you saw that one too mm -hmm. that one was spotlighting you know the marcus era mm -hmm. i went into that that interview that show very critical because i thought it was going to be very pro marcus but it wasn't so i guess just all of these stories that i was able to do the past month for filipino american history month was you know a very great reminder for why i wanted to pursue journalism in the first place whether that was um very political hard news or even relating to celebrities or artists right um it just reminds me of how, yes, we're all Filipinos, we're all or Filipino Americans, but we're all. It's so diverse. It's a diverse, you know, the Filipino American experience is so different from like let's say a Filipino person's experience, mm -hmm. and and even if you're just and even if you're Filipino American, you also have a different experience from. Filipino Americans who were born here versus Filipino Americans who immigrated here. Hmm. So I guess, um, yeah, I just love being able to spotlight the different, um, the different, the different stories that we do have. Cause I mean, I know we love to be like, Oh, before, before we even had all of these, well, I feel like this year was really a year for Filipinos. We're able to really spotlight our stories because in the past, yes, we have Asians, we have Asian articles, um, we spotlight Asian stories, but, and then we think that, oh, just because we have a, an Asian person in a movie or an article, we're representing the whole community, but it's different, right? Mm -hmm. we, we're also all very different. And I guess would, would, would me, when I I started working at Next Shark, I made it my goal to also spotlight South Asian news or Southeast Asian news because mm -hmm. I know it 
we have we have a lot of um, Filipino writers, but I think the the outlet mostly focused on you know like Japanese, Chinese, or Korean names. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned that you're not adept in sports lingo, but, yes. uh, but how do you prepare for that then? Okay, so for that, I didn't exactly had to prepare for the sports aspects of it because I wanted to focus more on his passion. I saw that he hmm. was doing a foundation in the Philippines, um, and I saw that he's also bringing football to the Philippines, so that's what I just researched about what he's doing. And yeah, I, I asked mostly questions about his passion for the Philippines and for uplifting the Filipino community. And while um, while doing that, he's also you know doing what he loves. He's bringing football to the Philippines, which is mm-hmm. really cool. That's very interesting because every time I watch football with my my cousins or my uncles or whoever, they always say that will never happen in the Philippines. That sport is never gonna fly because there's always gonna be a fight. A fight. <laughs> but how come it doesn't happen in the States? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And some of the fo- great football players are from the roughest neighborhood in the States. Mm-hmm. That's why I would love to see this, how he brings it to the Philippines and how he evolved it. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you mentioned earlier that you like documentaries. Are you planning to make like video documentaries or more of just writing journalism documentaries? Um, never say never. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, in the future I would love to. I mean, one of my inspirations is Erwan Husoff or um what's your name again? Woman in action, Gretchen Ho, one of my favorite Filipino um journalists who mm. I look up Gretchen Ho. She does she does a lot of documentaries as well. Mm. So that's that's definitely something I would love to explore in the future if I'm given the opportunity. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Of I course. You know those documentaries in the Philippines like Eyewitness and Reporters Journal? Um, not much. Oh, you don't watch uh, Filipino journalism? What is this? No love? <laughs> Wait, like, like, give me, you said eyewitness? Let me see it. Eyewitness. Might- it's like, okay, they have like a certain episode and then they will highlight a certain uh, topic. And most of the time they highlight like the poverty in the Philippines, like people picking up garbage and then do something with right. it. The funny thing is, I was watching one of those things, I think two weeks ago or one week ago. Yeah. And this this reporter is reporting the same thing I grew up uh, learning about that was done by a reporter a million years ago. Obviously, mm-hmm. unfortunately, nothing has changed. What's mm-hmm. the point of continuing, you think, reporting things like that? that that's so sad. I mean, I when I first started in journalism, I because I was doing mostly crime, hmm. and it was also around the time when the um, the elections last year in the Philippines that made me sad. Um, <laughs> I guess it, I it made me depressed for a while, 
thinking, oh, wow, this is what I'm doing. And I'm so passionate about making sure the truth is out there. But these things still keep happening no matter what we do. This is going to keep continuing, you know, for as long as we live. Mm-hmm. It definitely made me really sad. Mm-hmm. I was depressed for a while. It made me feel like, oh, I guess, you know, these things don't matter. What we're doing doesn't matter. But I guess now I just have a little bit more of, of a little more sense of clarity with what I'm doing. I guess it's you can choose to focus on the negative negativity of the world, right? Or you can also choose to focus on what's positive out there. What have we, what has changed in our society from, let's say from a single report, right? Hmm. There's, there's multiple stories out there that have changed the world. That have, and that's what I want to do. That's what I want to focus on. Just making sure that, you know, we can't control the world. We can't control human beings if we continue to do things that have already happened in the past. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's just, I want to make sure that we don't forget what happened and just continue doing our best. That's all Mm -hmm. we can do. Yeah. That's not even in journalism, right? That's, that's anything. You don't have to add to this. Like what happened in the Philippines just recently with the election. People forgot about what happened. Yeah, and it's not just forgetting, you know, it's revision of what actually happened. So and, more than ever, we mm. have to make sure that that doesn't happen. Even though it's happening, that's why we need more people doing this. Yeah. It's hard. Again, I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. Mm-hmm. I know you're young. Mm-hmm. Did you... St- did you see the coming? Did you see Marcos winning? No, I actually didn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe because I'm young. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, right? But Yeah. Um, I mean, I was aware of all the trolls and all the fake news being disseminated on on social media. I just mm-hmm. didn't think that people would actually believe it because, you know, it's 2023. Yeah. And I, I I would assume that we're we're a lot more educated than we were back then. But but then again, you can't blame the people because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have, we don't, most people in the Philippines don't have the right access to all these education. Um, yes. Um, so we just have to continue doing our best with our work. Amen. Yeah. Obviously, many people, I'm sure, look at you as a role model. Wow. <laughs> I haven't thought of I haven't thought of it that way. But like, it's still very early in my career to be like a role hey, model. <laughs> hey, one is enough, no? I guess. <laughs> okay, what values and principles have guided you throughout your journey? Mm. Well, for me person- personally, I it's about putting God first in what I do, making sure all glory goes back to Him. And when I do what I do, it's not for me. It's not for any fame. It's because I really want to help our country. I really want us to, I really want to uplift the Philippines. I really want to make sure 
that we're doing the best we can to make sure the next generation doesn't have to live through what we're living through. So specific values. Um, I mean, that, that I guess that, that puts it right. What I said. Is that, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're a hard worker. I can tell. <laughs> you work hard. I mean, you're doing a master's and you're working on the side on the on the side too you know that's a lot of hard that's hard work and you know most filipinos we are known for hard work right. every time yeah. I, i'm sure it happens to you that if someone finds out that you're filipino they'll say oh i love filipinos they're mm-hmm. hard workers they give you food all the time you know mm-hmm. they they know how to party <laughs> yeah for sure you for know? sure yeah anyways i think we're there Before we close out, do you have any last remark or anything to say? Mm. Please continue to do what you do. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. Honestly, you. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you. Why don't you say your uh, Instagram handle again if they want to reach out to you or if you they want to pitch a story to you? Okay, yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is Mitch Deepasina. That's my nickname and my last name. And then my email for Next Shard specifically is michelle.d.pasina at nextshard.com. Excellent. Again, Michelle, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Of course, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you doing what you do and, you know, spotlighting our stories from different backgrounds, different cultures, and all of our different passions on this podcast. So thank you so much, Sue, for what you do. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Again, Michelle, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Erin Dolyosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later. <laughs>